Industry Under Pressure. Innovation in its finest hour. This is the Oil & Gas Technology Podcast, where sharp minds reveal the brilliance and sheer determination turning great ideas into new realities. Hear about how it happens in real life with your host, Michael O'Sullivan. The views of the host are expressly his own and should not be construed as the views of any other corporation, consortium, governing body, or interplanetary federation. Hey everyone, welcome back to another spine-tingling episode of the Oil & Gas Tech Podcast. Right here on the Oil & Gas Global Network, hopefully you all know by now that this particular show is being brought to you by the very nice people at Cognite. And if you're not familiar with Cognite, here is a message uh, from them. This is what they want you to know. Imagine your company fully digitalized, transformed and sustainable. Cognite helps you make data do more for faster, safer, more sustainable industrial operations. And of course, you can learn more at Cognite.com, um, which I do encourage you to do because we do love our sponsors at OGGN. Uh, as I always say, without them, there is no us. Without, without our sponsors, we're just doing art and we will be starving artists. So please uh, have a look at Cognite and all the other sponsors. that uh, We got a whole bunch of sponsors for all the shows at OGGN. So, um, so have a look and see what they're doing. Today, uh, my guest, today is my old pal, Scott Simpson, and we are going to talk... Well, we're probably... <laughs> any, a little bit any, of everything. Any number, any number of things that we're going to talk about uh, is anybody's guess. However, uh, first... But first, um, there's there one more thing that I have to say, which is uh, I have to I always have to ask everybody to please go on to the podcast platform and give us a review because the reviews are really important. Um, and uh, among other things, they help us understand whether you like what we're doing. It's really kind of the only way that we find out whether our audience likes what we're doing. And if you don't. Like, like it, that's fine. You can leave a review and tell us what you don't like and, um, and what we ought to uh, be doing differently. And that's how we learn. But if you do like it, then um, say something good because then all of your friends and family will know that this is worth their time. That's it. I'm not, I don't have any more like little opening. Sometimes I have little opening anecdotes and stories, but um, I feel like we're going to fill up the time. So, <laughs> fine. so, so Scott, Scott, thank you for uh, making time. Oh, but I forgot to mention that we are at the fabulous Canon on the west side of Houston. Nice which place. I, I just gave you a tour, right? Yeah. yeah so First time in here. I had no idea it was here. It yeah. Was, um, yeah. It's really quite cool. I yeah, was really is. impressed when I walked in the door. Yeah, it's, uh, it is, um, it's a great place to work and... Um, like whether you have whether you're just an individual person or you got a company you got a big company there's there's some pretty good sized companies here there's there's little two person offices but yeah. but it has a nice like it's light and bright it's, and it's, it's got uh, a really nice feel to it yeah. I mean I I could yeah. set up shop in here I'd All right, well well you can fill out the application <laughs> on the way out and uh, just leave your credit bring card my, with bring the, my laptop with, the girl. with me and <laughs> yeah it, it's it's good we like it so okay so what are we gonna talk right, well first before we get into whatever fun things. We're gonna. Um, Scott and I have known each other for a long time. So, um, and um, like, there's many of many a beer conversation. <laughs> I think that we'll try to not not have get beer. that far off into <laughs> things. But what? So uh, a little bit about like who, who are you and who am I? Um, so um, my name is Scott Sefton. Obviously, um, I'm a computer scientist. Um, that's my background. That's what I was trained to do. Um, but I've been working in the oil industry for almost 30 years. Yeah, uh, so since you were 12. Yeah, yeah. pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But, you know, to date myself, my first job was actually with um, Amico Research in Tulsa. Wow, yeah, yeah. Um, and, um, and then I spent a little time in the, in the um, aerospace industry, uh, building fighter planes. So there's some good stories there that yeah, well, I want to come back to. Some you, interesting technology. Yeah. And then um, uh, five years at Shell Research, um, 10 years at Silicon Graphics, another... Yeah, company. Uh, yeah. Well, We've almost come into the modern great, century. Great yeah. technology way yeah. back then. <laughs> well, it's interesting because a lot of that stuff is, is the I think, the basics for a lot of what we're doing here. The sure. NVIDIA's doing all came out. There's you know so many XSGI folks there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Great great place. Um, just couldn't make the, the business go after a while. Yeah, well, um, things things move on. Yeah, 10 years at uh, Landmark in Halliburton. And yep, then now, that was where I met you. Now yeah. I'm at, yeah, that's where we met. Um, uh, a lot of friends like that, actually. I've got friends from back in my shell days that, uh, yeah. that I still run around with sure. today. Sure, yeah. Um, it's funny when you're not, so if you're not from, um, and of course this 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 show, all the OGGN shows are, are for the whole global oil and gas community, but but we are in Houston, and so we do sort of have this Houston community. And if you're not um, part of it, if you're not here, it's hard to appreciate how much like it's it's like very common circles of people yeah. running it's, through. The, it's a small group. Yeah, it's right? not. It's a yeah, really it's, small group. It's not. You know, we used to do like every time you go to a, a meeting with like a new prospective customer or something. There's always ten minutes of who do you know up front, right? right? There's yeah. always oh, did you work with oh this guy? I remember, yeah. And it and it's not like it's not like thirty seconds. It's like ten or fifteen minutes, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, case in point. So my current uh, my current role is um, chief software architect at Reveal Energy Services. We're a yep. five year old company doing uh, um, unconventional fracture. I, I uh, remember seeing you the first. Your first year, your booth at Ertec, right? yeah, oh, and you man. guys were there with the T-shirts and with the, the, yeah, with our interns. We were yeah, made, uh, we, like, we don't have a product yet, but we got cool T-shirts. And we made yeah. it with every person we had in the company. <laughs> <laughs> but our right. old friend Deborah Simmons was our was launch there. CEO, yep, right? yep, yep, so, which yeah, we yeah. knew from back in the back in back the, in the day. So, so all right. So since we hit on reveal, um, I, I think what you guys now I haven't you and I haven't caught up for a while, so I I don't know where you're at currently but i know what the original like mission was i think it's really interesting so let's talk about that a little bit like what are you guys doing so we're uh, we're a fractured diagnostics or our core business i like to think of it so um, i got like i got in my forearm i got this fracture yeah, yeah is that the kind of not that kind of so hydraulic fracture hydraulic okay. fracturing yeah. right so one of the um and i'm a software guy right i'll tell you from start i'm a computer scientist i'm not a, yeah. I'm not a an oil and gas a geoscientist of some sort so Bear with me. Some folks might take umbrage at the simplicity with which I describe this. <laughs> um, uh, unconventionals, uh, hydraulic fracturing. Um, one of the big pieces of unknown information is what did we accomplish? So we're pumping all this water and sand into the ground and creating fractures so that the oil flow. Right. How big is that fracture? It turns out that's a pretty important piece of information it has to do with well spacing and, and right. return on investment and right it's like big dollars to right all the economics are basically tied to that and 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 how and how much are you going to be able to recover, recover right yeah so you know too wide you're not you're not getting enough you're not getting your recovery too close and you're spending too much money you know, right right and spending too much money on something like this isn't like I went to the grocery store and I spent a little too much money. Yeah, right? this is yeah, this is serious dollars. Like, would they tell me what they're doing? I'm like, wait, yeah, what? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's oh, big. You it's, can afford us. <laughs> like we're cheap. Yeah, we're <laughs> no. And the answer is always actually no. There's no more money left over. Yeah, right. So, uh, but anyway, so that's the that's what you're. So um, that's what we do. Um, uh, the our and you got some like fame, proprietary stuff, right? Right. We our claim to fame is we do this with um, uh, very high res but very inexpensive um, surface pressure gauges. So m- most folks do this either through microseismic. Right. Um, or a more recently, um, uh, strain data, DAS, DTS, you know, this right. sort of stuff. Um, yeah, microseismic was sort of a... Yeah, uh, which, but uh, it's so expensive. Yeah, right? it was. Yeah, that's the thing. It just never really... Um, it's really... Ex- it, 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 I'm okay. looking for the right word that doesn't make it sound like I'm putting down the microseismic people, but it was hard for people to adopt, right? It, it was one of those things that had a lot of promise, but mm-hmm. it couldn't get traction because it, I guess because it's, it's too expensive. And we still see microseismic. Our, our clients are, are still sending us microseismic data that we'll incorporate into, the, yeah. in, into our framework. Um, it's just expensive. Yeah. It's just yeah, really yeah. expensive. It's hard to set up. It's hard to, to aggregate the costs over. Right. You know. Right. So what we do is we do that with a um, what they call offset pressure or crosswell um, right. pressure analysis, and we put a a, a high res but relatively inexpensive mm-hmm. uh, pressure gauge on the monitor well, and we watch the treating well and. Um, through some of the magic of our of our operations team and our chief yeah. scientists, um, we can we can estimate um, what those fracture sizes are and in an inexpensive way and in a way that you can do it not just on on the uh, science wells when you're trying to sort things out, but you could actually do this on every well in the in the pad. It's it's really that inexpensive. Yeah, and kind of watch right. So one of the things that in the oil and gas industry, my opinion, um, is we aren't great at A-B testing. We aren't great at, no, that at is, um, that's sort true. of... Um, <laughs> yeah, we're good at A-testing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. and, and we, we, we set out a design and then, you know, we cookie-cutter that for mm-hmm. a long, long time. But we aren't really closing the loop, right? We aren't really watching what's happening there, right? And deciding is the next pad, you know, I'm ten pads in, is is what I thought up front really holding true? Yeah. You know, as I get further yeah. and further away from things, I think that that's a I think that's a habit that developed because for a long time, any asset development involves such long cycles of so many different people doing so many different things that by the time you were actually producing and getting good data on the production, it was almost impossible to go all the way back to the seismic guys and say, you know, the next time you interpret... The next time you interpret a space that looks exactly like this one, right. <laughs> then, then you should do something different, right? right. So that, like, that feedback loop was always yeah. sort of... Um, because that's what kind of I remember when I first started getting involved with that part of the business right in exploration and I thought and I saw all this work and all everything and you know this from your landmark days the amount of software and the and everything that's going into it and then you know my first thought was come you know somebody coming kind of from the consulting world was well how do you know you're right you know and and by the time and it's and it was almost impossible because it's so far down and it's so complicated but like with what you're describing with 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 on a frack pad you can monitor. You can monitor. You're monitoring. Yeah. You monitor pretty quick, and you can come yeah. back and 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 make and make some changes. Yeah, because yeah. the whole thing only is has. I mean, the whole thing 
is like a how what's the, what's the what's the current like uh life Time cycle frame? on these things now it's like a year or two right oh no 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 they're they're well for us um uh, we're turning we're turning stuff around um I think currently is two weeks, but no, I meant for like the produce, like the, the, how long, how long are you, how long are you concerned about get, about these, these measurements on a particular, well, for a particular pad, they're drilling for, you know, a month, month and a half, two months. Max, right. Right? I mean, right. So, so where we come into play is, are you going to tweak that? Are you going to tweak that? What first are you coming from your science pad? What, what should your design be? Yeah. Here's some diagnostics to help you decide. We don't decide that, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, you know, <laughs> down the line, is it holding true or not? Yeah. So you're talking about, you know, pad to pad, depending on your, your, um, and I'm way off my depth here in the operations of how yeah, these I'm guys already, are drilling yeah. in the field. Um, but you're talking about, um, you know, a given pad running a month, two months, and I know that from the data we look at, right? yeah. so I just yeah, know yeah, how long yeah. the data coming in is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then um, you know you're on to the next pad. So you've got some time in there to really study, right? And make some decisions. If not for the next pad, the, the but pad it's a short enough life cycle that you can still take action. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not like it's not like what you're monitoring now and trying to correct was something that happened right. two years ago, five years ago. No, no. In like fact, that, the right? data is mostly gone by then. Right? Yeah. I mean, we're talking about fracture openings settling on prop and, and right. then, you know physically closing so you're, you're, yeah. at, at some point those it's not very long before those fractures start to close back down and yeah you know, are gone. right so right and then you're it's done. really a short time frame. cool so um and, and you guys have just recently i know you just went through kind of a transition from you developed the software uh but you were using it sort of in, through your own surface uh service offering right mm -hmm. um because it hadn't really been commercialized and and you couldn't it wasn't something that you could give to somebody else or sell to somebody else we hadn't, hadn't planned to right yeah from a, we talked about it early on um uh, early days were we a service company we're a technology company are we a data company you know who are we what are we kind of in the early when yeah. there were four of yeah. us running around in the office um and yeah, we're, yeah. we usually it's the investors that decide that for you. Yeah, right? they were, yeah. our investors have been great. They've been yeah. they've been pretty much. You guys know what you're doing. Oh, you good. Know, we hired I you know. to to go do it. You guys know what you're doing. Go, wow, go do it. Um, That's um, it's yeah. Where'd you find those guys? I, <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> fantastic. All right, that's another. That's a different podcast. Yeah. Uh, um, so it was. Uh, we made a conscious decision early that that uh, we were a service company and. Right just trying to get up off the ground that we would focus on the service side of things. Well, so it's a lot easier to start generating that. revenue quickly that way and right. you don't have to support product and, right. and all that um, until people stop buying services. Until people yeah. stop buying services. So, um, And when did that happen recently? That, that to <laughs> us um, happened, coincided with, uh, with the pandemic, coincided yeah, course, with the downturn right? yeah, of yeah, yeah. uh, the oil industry in general, yeah. um, which seemed to actually coincide with right there were two events happening there where it was well there was that little squabble over there between right. a couple of different countries that you know uh but that was quickly eclipsed by right right the, by everything else by everything else so, so we um we had a record quarter first quarter last year exactly this time oh, a year wow, ago sure. we had a record quarter um and then you know Done. it just yeah. fell off a cliff with everybody else in the world yeah um so it turns out that what what we were seeing was um, most folks in the industry were kind of they weren't just bailing they weren't just freaking out and 
laying people off left and right and just trying to get out from under. But what they were what they were doing is re-encamping on their own data. So they weren't doing much. No one was drilling. Right. You know, production was way down. Usage was way down. And so what we were finding was people were going back and, and finally looking at their data from, you know, however long ago, mm-hmm. trying to figure out what could they learn from what they Sure. What they knew. Right. And that, that, I mean, that is the theme all around, right? Is Mm -hmm. moving away from thinking about new discoveries and adding new reserves toward how do we get, how do we produce more? How do we get more value from the assets that we already have? Yeah. Um, But they didn't really have good software to to do that. And, or as that was our impression of the industry. Yeah. Yeah. So our management looked at us and said, we actually have good software to do this. Mm -hmm. How do we go to, how do we make a business line effectively? Right, right. How do we start selling software? What do we need to do to go from where we're at to support internally to where we are? And oh, by the way, we know that this is a pretty tight window, right? Yeah, and sure. The time right. is now to strike. Yeah. While everyone is 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 sort of refocused in on their own data. So yeah. So that's what we did. We took the software. Cool. We, yeah, we then you had to. So what that basically means is you had to hire a bunch of developers to do all the boring stuff that you guys weren't doing. Uh, like, well, like, unfortunately, no. <laughs> or you had to do all the boring stuff afford, yourself. We yeah. couldn't afford all yeah, that. Yeah, you had to do all, all, the, all, the, the, all the fit and finish work. All the and stuff all that, that yeah. you would expect from uh, right. you know, yeah, you software have, that you're buying. got to have a user interface that you yeah. can understand and things it's like that. It's a lot that. easier to support the, the yeah. engineer down the hall from sure. me who comes in and screams at me than it is. Absolutely. All right. All right, so that's cool. So I want to... All right, so did we... So do, we gave reveal enough time right now that your boss will be happy. That we I hope so. Because there's some other because there's some other stuff I want to talk about that that is. Uh, uh, although I do think that what you guys are doing is really fascinating. I remember when it started up. But we are. I will throw this pitch in. We, yeah. we uh, the software did win the 2020 World Oil Awards for data management. Ooh. So we were very proud of that. Coming no kidding. Really. Coming fast yeah. and furious. Oh so, yeah. Um, uh, congrats on that. And That's our fantastic. technology won a uh, Hearts uh, Innovation Award uh, two years earlier. Very cool. So, so. Yeah. So that. Something to back us so up. So that and a cup of coffee will get you twenty five cents. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, no, that is actually really <laughs> cool. It's very cool. But there's some other things too that I know uh, uh, that we were we were chatting before, and we kind of got off on this path about. Um, and this comes up a lot. When, I, mean, I, I seem to recall when you ever you and I get together. Um, <laughs> Because we're not as young as we used to be, yeah. and and uh, and about like old things that are like all of a sudden new again, coming back again. Yeah, and um, but I think it's an interesting, um, it's relevant because um, because what's happened in the interim is that computing capabilities have advanced enough mm-hmm. that we can now maybe get more value, get more momentum behind some of the things that that right. we used to do. So, so a couple so just for fun, a couple of examples. I know you always love to talk about ray, ray tracing. <laughs> ray that tracing. Was your, that was your they, what and what was it you used to call yourself like a graphics alchemist or graphics something like alchemist. that? Graphics alchemist. I st- I think that's still what's on my LinkedIn is that, page. Is that actually, yeah. So, how, yeah, so what does it mean to be a graphics alchemist? and what is ray tracing anyway? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's it's different in the computer graphics world than it is in the oil industry, right? Okay, it, right. So right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're not talking about that kind of not, ray tracing. Yeah. Right. Um, although when I was interviewing the first time in the oil industry, and I was very confused when we were uh, <laughs> sure, sure. I could see how that could. I could see how that could be. Yeah. Um, but uh, ray tracing, in a, in uh, you know, in a nutshell, is simply um, a computer graphics technique that produces highly realistic. Uh, images 
Yeah. But it's very, very expensive to do so. Um, and it does that by, by ray tracing, if you will, by, by following the rays of light um, from the user's eye back through the screen and then to a light source. So we send a, a ray in, we bounce it off of whatever objects in the scene. Now, once upon a time, these rays traveled through something called a cathode ray tube. That's if right. I'm not mistaken, yeah, right? Right, yeah, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. And then, uh, and, and or, as my kids used to call it, Dad, they, Dad why are the only, we the only ones on the street who still have a box have a TV? Box. <laughs> so, so yeah, you, um, so you basically model the physics of the light, um, mm -hmm. and, and technically what they would call in a reverse fashion, since your monitor or your image is X number of pixels, but the rays coming out of the light are infinite. So right, you, right. you kind of start from where you expect to end up and then follow your way back and yeah, yeah, yeah. create yeah. these things. So. So, so this is what was uh, critical or, or key to some of the early like visualization stuff, right? For well, um, it, was, it was. I'm trying to tie this into oil and gas. Yes, so I'm not just geeking well, out on. So what's interesting is yeah. uh, from a technology standpoint, uh, what's interesting is... Um, uh, back in 1980, yeah. Turner Witted had one of the seminal papers uh, for ray tracing. So this is a long time ago, right? Yeah, it depends uh, on your perspective. I mean, Turner's, it doesn't Turner's feel still like, around. It doesn't it's feel not like that, that long, long ago. ago but yeah. um, and, uh, and actually before that, it was considered brute force and inelegant. Okay. So there was actually mention of this even prior to, to 1980 when, when uh, Turner wrote his paper. Um, and it was just considered, well, you know, that's kind of obvious in brute force. Um, that's where I started. My, my research was in ray tracing back when I was way back in graduate school. Um, and largely fell out of favor because it's so compute intensive that right. it, it's just not, it's great for making really pretty pictures, but it's just not yeah. reasonable for... So, you know, so if, you're trying to, if you're trying to scale it and operate it in an industrial type of setting... It becomes very. It's yeah, not you just wouldn't right? use it. Like, like you would just take your chances doing something else. Well, you do. Less. You do exactly what Silicon Graphics and Nvidia was doing, right? You, you, we, we, we just take a different approach to rasterizing graphics. Um, we cheat the lighting models a little bit. Right. Know, we put it on a on a chip, and and this is where Nvidia's really you know made their money. It's where Silicon Graphics started. Right. Right. Was, right. To, was to do interactive graphics. Wasn't ray traced. But if you go like last week, Nvidia had their GTC. Yep. So much on interactive ray tracing, right? Yeah. Producing absolutely brilliant pictures, you know, just absolutely beautiful stuff for yeah. for what yeah. they're doing. Um, now this isn't just because our eyes are older now and we can't really see. No, it. no, it's, the, it's <laughs> I mean it's because it's because I I hear that I think a lot of things look good and it. it turns out yeah, they don't. So, yeah, yeah. No, these are I mean, they're just stunning pieces of piece of work yeah so and what's the difference why why are we able to do it uh, now mostly just because of hardware resources right so right. nvidia is still doing this on a chip but but now they they've you know boiled that down to a point where it's it's cost effective um and really fast this these operations aren't overly expensive to do one off but to do it for an entire picture to get really high realistic images right they get really expensive so where this gets interesting for oil and gas necessarily um, isn't necessarily because we want to create beautiful pictures, although some of our data is actually, you know, quite interesting to look right, at. Right. Yeah. Sure. You light it right, and um, but um, everything from um, what for volume rendering. So like seismic, you see these volume renders. We're starting to do um, volume rendering for uh, micro seismic and some other things. Those are are a variation of ray tracing. Uh, ah. 
right. you know, x-ray models, these sorts of things. That's all a variation of, of ray tracing. Um, and so now we're seeing, you know, things that I was working on 30 years ago in graduate yeah, school yeah. have now gone effectively full circle from falling way out of favor because you just couldn't do it in couldn't time do it. Right. Yeah. to, you know, here's what everyone is, is pushing, which is a little funny because you look back and go, but we were doing, okay, yeah. I'm glad it's Yeah, back. do you ever bump in anybody who, uh, who, 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 said, who thinks it's like the greatest new the thing? The new thing, right? yeah. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah, I do that. Uh, yeah, we did this before. Um, yeah, you don't, I, what I have learned is, uh, as interesting as it is to us, I don't always make a lot of friends when I say, oh yeah, well, we were doing that, you know, yeah. 20 years ago. But it is, it's interesting to see, um, that I think um, the so the human ingenuity part runs ahead of mm -hmm. like the the physics that's required to accomplish it right and this kind of ties to something that I always say um, on this on this particular uh, show which I'm sure you've heard because I know you're an avid listener um, is uh, is is you know we get we get dinged a little bit in oil and gas like like the modern like you know the cool kids today think that like we're behind the times or even the yeah. or, or we're slow to take up new technology yeah. or we're not innovative we're the dinosaurs right, right. <clears throat> and it's not just the cool kids because it's also certain like management consulting firms and and, and research analysts right. and things like that but really like the, like the innovation has been there like going way back we were talking before about um well, this isn't necessarily in oil and gas, but um, but uh, well, another thing that people that that we knew how did that we conceptualized early on, but we couldn't really do in an industrial manner until is is all the AI right, the sure, that's machine a, learning, and it's another one, right? And you can look um, if you look at what today we call uh, deep learning. So yeah, there's yeah, a whole series of artificial intelligence, and you know this big bubble and the smaller bubbles, and now we're down to what people are calling deep learning. Right. Deep learning neural networks are really just renamed neural networks from the 90s, right? When 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 we did it, but and that's yeah. even recasted from much much earlier in the back in the 60s when this was all first kind of conceptualized. Hal, I think, was there the first one, right? Um, Hal, Hal the computer. Yeah, and, Hal yeah. the computer. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> so. when I, when I was when I was teaching a while ago, I I was um, I put an extra credit um, problem on one of the tests, and it was just after um, IBM's um, uh, deep, I think it was Deep Blue. Yeah, it was the first time that a computer had beaten a grand champion in chess. Right, right, right. So I asked my my class as an extra credit question. You know, this has occurred. This event has occurred. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? Where do we where do we lie on this? Just in general, just to see how they would respond. And one person um, responded that it was a good thing because it showed that artificial intelligence was, was gaining traction, to which they got zero points because, in fact, it was not an artificially intelligent implementation. It was a, it was a brute force, uh, path first, deep, right? Just prune branches, go as deep as you could. So, so okay. th there's a little bit of yeah. misconception, right, about all these things and what do they do and what do they don't do. But There's a philosophical logic problem there, too. Yeah, I, I think, I, I forget which one of the, which one of the, you know, all the different logical fallacies, but I forget which one of them basically says like something is good because it happens. Right. right? Like, and so if you said it, well, it's good because, because AI is advancing. Well, we haven't, you haven't proven to me that AI that is advancing is good, but, um, but we do see, and we've actually had a lot of discussion about this um, on, 
the podcasts and in some of the live streams that we're doing. We got we do have Nvidia sponsoring a live stream, and we're talking about some of this. And I had fun with one because I brought some like like old time exploration like folks together with yeah. some like new te- and and you know you're not gonna you're never gonna replace that thirty year you know veteran. And we had all that stuff, but um, but clearly we have there's. Um, like there's an application for this to bring a lot of value, at, but I'm not going to go into that right now because we talk about that all the time. And I, and there's a more interesting thing, which is the story that you were telling me before about the pilot, right? Oh. So, so <laughs> so let's let's tell that story, and then we'll figure out how to tie it in oil and gas. But all this right. is really fascinating. So, uh, when, boy, this seems like forever ago. So in the in the late '80s, early '90s, yeah. my first job after graduate school. I was working as an electrical engineer uh, for McDonnell Douglas. Yeah. Yet another company that doesn't exist anymore. The, the, what, was it, what was it? The MD-80? Was that the plane? That, that was their com- one of their the commercials. One with the three uh, on one side and the two on the yeah. other. And yeah, yeah. So I was working was in, their, in, their, um, yeah. in, in what was called uh, uh, the McDonnell Aircraft Company at the time, which was okay. the fighter jets. So oh. we, uh, I started my job. I started Talk my about career the cool kids. Yeah. Doing, yeah, doing glass cockpits for F-15. Very, very cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, working the flight line. Fun stories of i was you know young and stupid and, yeah um, but uh <laughs> yeah. we'll come I'm, back we'll come I, back yeah to we'll come back to that i moved um why they why they chose me is a bit of a mystery to me even to this day but um they were forming a neural net research group we had an artificial intelligence research group so this is so this is 19 this is 1989 1989 90, yeah, 90, yes. somewhere so somewhere in there so this is so this is 30 years ago, a neural net intelligence group. So it was, if you look at the history of, of deep learning, what we call today, deep learning, there was a, there was a a spike in the, in the sixties when Mm -hmm. all this stuff was starting the first, uh, artificial neuron, whatever they called it. Um, and then in the '90s, there was another spike. It just happened to be that I was starting. You were there. That I was yeah, there. Right I, time. I right hadn't place. studied. I was, like I said, a yeah. computer. So I, this I, is a, this is interesting. I think because we have a, we have a lot of a lot of our audience are people today who are working in various areas of technology within oil and gas. This is it's, and they don't necessarily have this history. So it's interesting to hear this. So yeah. So go so ahead. It was, so it was the first time you saw what today we call we still call it a backpropagation neural network. Uh, those were those were first came to kind of prominence in the nineties, mm-hmm. um, and so McDonnell Douglas swamped in in data they didn't realize at the time because they're effectively a hardware company, right? They're building right airplanes, um, but in truth, they're sensor platforms. All these yeah, all these yeah, fighter jets yeah, right, are sensor right. platforms. With um, cool little flashing lights, right? right? Yeah. Are, are, are washed in information, and how do you manage it? How do you deal with it in a in a highly stressful situation? Right. Um, and so, um, the director of of the of the lab I was employed in decided that he wanted to invest in neural nets. Why? I have no idea. You know, to this day, I don't actually know. Like, where was the genesis? But they did it. And they looked around for people that were. I wanted to do it, and um, hmm. so I was I was the technical lead for this research lab, and um, at, at at the 
at McDonald's at the, bra- at the brave yeah. young at, age at, of like 24 or something, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> right. 20, no, right around 25, 25. <laughs> I ran out of graduate school, yeah. 24, 25. Yeah. Um, everyone that was in my group was my age or younger. Yeah, okay. Um, so we were, you know, just... You were expendable, basically. We were expendable. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> if we this were, fails, no, we nobody's brave enough to raise our hand because we didn't realize that right. we could the, fail. The impossibility right? of what you were... Of what yeah, we were doing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, actually two of my, two of my group, two of my teammates, um, that were working for me, both left and went back and got their PhDs and, oh, yeah. and, and published in artificial intelligence. Wow. Uh, where I went wrong. I, I, yeah. Oh, you know, they still laugh at me. Yeah. So, um, they do that. Yeah. But anyway, the director came and, and said his vision for the lab was he wanted to be able to um, uh, understand how humans change their thought process on the fly and could we mimic that. And so the, the use case he gave us was there was a report, um, one of our fighter jets um, in a mid-air collision had lost part of its wing. And unbeknownst to the pilot, who probably would have ejected had he known, um, he had lost like 90% of his starboard wing. Right. And he can't see it, right? He's forward yeah. in a fighter jet. The wings are behind you. You can't, you can't right. see anything. Some things it's best not to know. Better not to know. <laughs> yeah. But he learned that he could keep the plane in the air under circum- circumstances. So he basically had the thing at full throttle and was maneuvering because he had lost all his... F- nothing worked right. But right? his brain was just doing the thing that human brains do. Right? Correcting Which for, we, yeah. you know, this should do that. Oh, it doesn't? How? Right. Now what? Right? right. And so he kept it in the air and he actually landed it. And then they took pictures of it. They were showing us pictures. It's like 90%, you know, of, of a fighter jet's wing gone. Yeah. And he landed yeah. this thing. And so... What the director's challenge to this young team spinning up was, I want to figure out, can we teach a computer to respond when the control systems of a plane are failing? Because we get this all the time, right? Hydraulic systems go out, you lose a rudder, you lose right, the right. flight surface, whatever it might be. Um, and that was his challenge. So here we are, you know, 25 just starting to sort out what all these things means, and this was the grand challenge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> start start so with the easy we were, stuff. Yeah, yeah let's the, just jump yeah. right in. Yeah, so. yeah. So, but but you were able to. So, how does the story end? Were you able to do it? No, no. We not? we were we we did have some successes, some early successes. So, neural nets in general phased out. Right, they, right. They kind of blipped in the '90s and then phased out again because the computing capability mostly, that it was required, com- as opposed to to uh, ray tracing, um, there were still some things we didn't really understand about how how those networks were put together, what the topologies should really be, and there was uh, a lot of learning okay, that went on. Okay. So like today, when you hear all this about um, deep learning, there's a combination of, of um, just raw compute horsepower, resources to train right. these things, because right. the training sets are enormous and the timing is enormous. Um, but there's also been, you know, a lot of human advances in understanding how these things behave and how they react and and what the topology should be in the source. Yeah. So there's been a lot of research. We've come a long way in designing our, our successors on planet Earth, right? right. Um, yeah. So um, no, it's fascinating, though. It, it, it's clear that um, I think it's we look at what at some of the things that we're doing in the, in oil and gas today, and you still have a lot of people who are like, um, well, I'll say this. 
every time I'm, I, I commented on this a couple of times uh, in one of the one of the live stream panel sessions that we were doing recently, and I think maybe another podcast. And I said, you know, it seems like no matter what topic we tackle, um, it we you know whatever whatever technology topic we tackle, we always come down to talking about like two things, and one of which is data. It always <laughs> always comes down to data, and then the other one is culture. Like it always comes, we always come around to culture and like organizational change and, and, and getting, um, because unless people actually adopt this stuff and put it, mm -hmm. put it to use, then you're not getting the value. And then you always have this clash of, of, um, of the old way of doing things and right. the new way of doing right. things. Um, and then you always have some really smart people who, who will say, uh, okay, but this isn't really replacing anybody's job. It's just like, it's just making it so you can do your job better. Right. And then you have uh, a different person like, uh, like my friend Ration Tulsi, who uh, former Schlumberger guy, who's now at Databricks, and he goes, no, it's absolutely replacing people's jobs. So, <laughs> so what, what, uh, what's your, so having watched all this stuff evolve and thinking about like, it, you know, one of the things that our industry is trying to do is, is, you know, it's trying to transform, it's in transition. It's not just transitioning to new forms of energy, but the core business model is mm -hmm. transitioning as well. So, uh, wh so what are your thoughts on how, as, as we're able to get, to bring these, um, these things, these old things that are now new again, and we can finally do them right. How does that, you know, do you think it, does it really begin to impact and change the industry or does it sort of still stay out there on the fringe because people don't ultimately engage with, with the new ways of doing stuff? Well, I think um, culturally, I, I think to your point, the biggest challenge is really culturally. We're seeing, we're seeing changes in sort of every facet of our life. We might not realize it, but yeah, you know, sure. we see it all the time. In fact, right. I was cursing big data on my way in because when I left the house, it said, you're going to arrive at 3.53. And I went, I, I can beat that. And sure enough, I <laughs> right. arrived here at 5.53. <laughs> It's it's becoming it's becoming it's like, alarmingly it, accurate. It's, yes. it's like yeah, but it's impacting us. It's like when it's we taking don't really it, it, know it. it's it's so I, I'm convinced that the map applications now are actually sensing your brain waves and factoring your level it's, of emotional like into the thing. It, it shows. Yeah. I think in some it's, respects it shows how predictable as humans we are that the patterns yeah. are really there. Right. Like you would um, get there at 352, but we know you're going to change lanes too many right, times and you're right, going to lose a minute. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know, do you know I'm speeding already? Okay. Yeah. Um, so th it's there, but it, it, it's it's these cultural changes. Like, you know, would um, would our parents use a, a smartphone like that? Like, would they trust that map? Right? They're used to having the paper map on the. Yeah. And some yeah. of them changed. My my parents actually have. They're they're in their 80s, and you know they're comfortable with it. My, mine are too, but they they believe that the. Uh, GPS system that came with the car is really the one that, that they the, ought to the use. Ought to be the one that, yeah, that which hasn't of course been updated is, in ten years. Right, it's very problematic. So, <laughs> so kind of get it. Kinda, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I do think it's a it, it's it's a combination of things, but I think it's it's mostly a cultural um, change. You, yeah. You kind of have to trust it, right? You have to you have to trust to become a data driven uh, organization. You have to trust. Trust what the data is telling you, and you have to trust the, the the algorithms behind it, be them machine learning like a neural net or any other machine learning for that matter, or just algorithmic in nature. And we all know that 
software has bugs. So that trust is yeah. is important, right? The testing, the ethnicity, not ethnicity, the the the, the um, <laughs> yeah. I, I know the word you meant. Uh, yeah. Where am I? I yeah. um, that all has to. You have to know that that the answers they're giving you are, you know, in, in the cultural sense these days, unbiased, right? Are they accurate? Um, right. You know, it's giving you a number. It's giving you a value. I was, I, my kids laugh because I would tell them all the time, don't trust the calculator. Right? You're, you're just punching numbers in the calculator. You get, it will give you an answer. Right. Does that answer make any sense? Right. right? And the same is true for artificial intelligence or any other algorithmic thing we do. Right, you know, garbage in, garbage out. Does it, does it make sense? I have to, I have to say that this uh, represents a huge amount of personal growth for you because there, you used to be like, I'm just the visualization guy, <laughs> right? Like, don't, like, I don't, I, I don't want to get involved with the data. Yeah. I don't want to get it. Like, I just want to do the visualization. I just want to do. But the you've front been sucked in all yeah, the way. I, you have been. Yeah. It's uh, frankly, it's so. I still love the visualization. I still think of myself as a visualization guy. But the it, the important thing, it really is. The data, um, and the the um, the relationship of one piece of data to another. Right. right. That that the visualization is important because it shows you those relationships. Right. right in a right. way that we can understand easily. Like it's a lot easier to look at a picture than a spreadsheet. Um, yeah. I mean. I'll Unless you're a couple of CFOs that I know who wouldn't trust who would that like necessarily. to look at the spreadsheet. Lying, cheating through visualization. Yeah. Some, some yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. So, uh, no, that's that's good. I think, actually, I'm, uh, that is probably going to be a good place. That's a nice sort of, like, philosophical warm spot to, <laughs> to wrap up. Um, and, uh, no, it's fascinating stuff. It's good. Um, and, and, by the way, uh, if you're if you're listening to this uh, and you're wondering what Scott and I are going to do next, we're probably going to go next door to the to the powder keg yeah, and and uh, and or talk about two. all this stuff for the next three hours. <laughs> so so we will spare the audience the rest of it. But uh, I appreciate you coming down I've here too. Been a it's pleasure. been a while. Always, it's been a while. It's always, always great conversation. Yeah, with you. yeah. It's always it's always good. Maybe we'll do uh, we'll do another you one. Know, the, the nice thing is this is really just kind of a typical conversation it's just a typical yeah so hope so so hopefully folks you found that interesting because we sure did all right i'm going to wrap up with a couple of more uh, comments here uh, which i do have to say which is thanks again to our sponsor cognite uh, as i mentioned they're doing some amazing stuff with industrial data so you gotta uh, speaking of speaking of data and i i can't even like I'm out of time. I can't even say all the fantastic things that they're doing, but it's cool. So check out Cognite.com. Also, the Oil & Gas Global Network Street Team is something that if you're not involved with, I only have one question for you, which is why not? Because the street team is a great, and, and I think they're actually getting out like on the actual streets again as possible. The, yeah, the, we have a street team. It's led by Mr. Brian Mon. Uh, that is M-A-H-N. If you want to find him on LinkedIn, find, uh, find the Oil & Gas, the OGGN street team there's a group you can join it they do all kinds of cool stuff it's a great way to do something get you out from behind those uh never-ending zoom calls and uh and you get involved with what we're doing in the community which is cool also you can connect with oggn on all on our website uh for one thing which coincidentally is called oggn.com and uh and you can get on the mailing list you can find out about all the new events we got coming up we actually do have live live events coming soon and uh and you can connect with us on all the usual social spots and as always uh i i've been mentioning this that uh, you know, th this podcast we have, we have. I think we're up to twelve or thirteen podcasts. They're all fantastic, and if you would like 
to bring the magic of this podcast to your own events. You know, maybe you're having a corporate event, maybe you're having like like your nephew's graduation party, anything that you think just needs to be livened up a little bit, then uh, these things travel and we can, we can show. It's, it's funny, um, and Scott's sitting over here laughing at me, but people actually have a good time. Like for some reason, people really dig like watching us do a live podcast. So, uh, so we can do it. All you have to do is get in touch uh, with our producer, Savannah Wilson. It's in the show notes. Uh, we'll put links to your stuff in the show notes as well so everybody knows how to get in touch with you. And uh, that is going to wrap it up for today. The very next thing that you hear, uh, well, the very next thing you hear is going to be some some music. And then you're going to hear Savannah tell you about our upcoming events. Hey, everybody. It's Savannah from OGGN, and here are the events on deck for May 2021. This month, we have four events. But if you'd like the full list, you can click the link in the show notes to sign up for our online events newsletter. We send it out every month, and it includes more info about the events I talk about here. We even include events that occur two months ahead of time, so if you're interested in always staying in the loop about oil and gas events, make sure to check that out. First up, we have our in-person event, which is the 20 YPO's Networking Mixer at the Houston Club on May 25th. Next, we have our three online events, the Post-Industrial Summit Series from May 4th to June 22nd, the Data Fabric and Data Ops webinar on May 5th, and the Maritime Career Day hosted by Women Offshore on May 21st. Other than these events, OGGN has a live stream this month titled Identifying and Evaluating Advantaged Oil Projects on May 5th. So make sure to check that out on our Facebook, LinkedIn, or OGGN.com for more information. You can also find more information about that or any of the live streams or events we have coming up also on Facebook, LinkedIn, or OGGN.com. If you have any questions about these events or any of our shows, make sure to reach out to me through my email in the show notes. That's all for May. I hope you guys have a great month and thanks for tuning in. Check us out next week for another entertaining and yet useful episode of Oil & Gas Tech Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.